Uh, welcome to this week's Vindo with Robert Hollinshead. And Bob, I kind of shortened down my question and it's uh, filled with lots, but where are wholesale marketplaces going in the future? How's that? Uh, it's a pretty broad question, but you know, when you think about you know where things are, it's very difficult to imagine what um, they're going to be. It's because when your nose is on the grindstone, um, you're not really in the th the, the theoretical uh, side of it. You're in the um, you know like the fistfight part of it, right? You you can't analyze the fight uh, while you're in the middle of it. You should have ducked. It was like a body shot. I missed it. All that, right? So uh, when you're in the fight, you're not really thinking about it. And as you as you really step back a little bit, folks that actually build marketplaces typically are not from let's call it the boxing ring or the uh, skin in the game. You know, what they are is they're delivered platforms that are, um, you know, some are really uh, time tested, right? So, you know, they've been around for 70, 80, 90 years, right? You take the hamburger to the block and you put it on an auction block and you put it in front of people, you're aligning merchandise to buyers and it's an emergency and a hammer comes down and it's either sold or not sold. You follow me? So the versions that have come along to um, modify that, they've, they've actually not um, considered, in my estimation, the buyer and the seller, the two people that are actually participating, actually the only people that are participating, right? Because in the middle, there's infrastructure that's built that needs to be fed. And that this is not music to your ears, but it's, it's it, you know, again, we're pontificating here to a certain degree in terms of what the ultimate marketplace will look like and how it will take place. Then the next question you have to ask yourself is the car that's in a marketplace, how did it get there? And why is it there? Right. So why is it there? It could have been challenged in the, the uh, um, service department. It could have been um, a, a unit that didn't sell. It could have been a unit that is simply outside the realm of the critical mass of what that dealer actually is good at selling, right? So maybe not the best end user for many different reasons. So we'll leave that alone because you can go in deep into that, why they're not a best end user and why their neighbor may be a better end user than they are for certain categories of cars, right? So, and that you could spend hours just slicing and dicing, right? But then when you think about it, when we try to support what used to be, you know, a dial-up phone or a telegraph, right? When you when you got to support, there's there's all sorts of infrastructure you have to support with that. It's you know telephone lines and people that serviced them, and the ice storm came, you had to send the people out and all that because the telephone lines are there above ground. They got blown over. It was all sorts of things, right? And um, you know, in order to support that, your your bill is X amount of money, and they, you might even go up. Right. Look at what happened in Houston the other day. The bill went up 40 times and who knows what, whatever. But that's based in existing, existing what you would call infrastructure. So when you take another step back, let's say up above the clouds and you're looking down, you know, over Mexico City and you're saying, holy Jesus, what a beautiful place that is. It's unbelievable. There's the volcano and there's the thing. So it's just a gorgeous thing until you get down a little lower and a little lower. And, a little lower. and now all of a sudden you're at a ground level and there's beautiful places in Cornavaca, but there's other places that are unbelievable, right? It's very dangerous, this, that, and the other thing, right? Okay. So when you take that step up to look down on existing reality, you could say, wow, what an opportunity this is. Every time a guy or girl buys or sells a car at an auction, you know, there could be varied from three to 
twelve or fifteen hundred dollars in transaction fees. What an opportunity this is! If I'm from outside the industry, I could say, or even inside the industry, but never as a player, not as a actual quarterback, but more or less as a cheerleader or a an attendee in the grandstands. You follow me? You may not quite understand the the um, the spit and the sweat that's happening on, and the you know my foot hurts, but I still dove. All of that stuff. You may not quite get that when you're going to go ahead and create your version of a marketplace that basically supports the um, status quo, right? So when we down and we examine each one, this one does this and the other one does that. And now we're, what's really comical to me uh, is uh, I'm just going to take a, a left turn here real quick. So, wholesalers have been around since the beginning of time because basically they're a, uh, I would call it an equalizer in a marketplace where you're underwriting a price for a dealer that is doesn't have the intestinal fortitude for that car for a lot of different reasons. He might even know things that are wrong and doesn't necessarily explicitly tell that. So they're basically looking to bank a car to make a deal and then either sell you out or you know use it uh, as their basis of uh, liquidating a trade, right? So that's just really ground things. There's all sorts of versions around that. But what happened is a, a you know when software comes along to say, hey, you, you know, take a look around. Um, your wholesaler might be living in a bigger house than you. Ha, 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 giggle, giggle, giggle. Not taking into consideration that that wholesaler might be selling 50 times more cars than you do. And for that reason, making or earning or losing $100, $200 a car, but doing it thousands of times a month. And therefore, it is true. He does make money. And he is a bank. And he does give you a check without a title, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth is, the story, when you don't look underneath the first layer of the onion, is that guy's taking unbelievable risk and creating a different level of market to put it in front of the best end user. And their wits that they enable that to occur with um, are overlooked. It, it doesn't, it, people don't think about how you do what you do, why you do it that way, and why there's an emergency to sell things. And without an emergency in a marketplace, it's inefficient. And for that exact reason, they happen to turn out to be the highest and best, most efficient seller in the marketplace because they got skin in the game. You follow me? Okay. So let's take that skin in the game out for one second and then come to the solutions that we have that are popping up left, right, and center. No skin in the game. Simply saying, I'll come look and we'll then try to sell it to somebody. And the fees are only X. Right. So there's fees when you look at it. And then other people are saying now it's free. It's free because they're reacting to other things. Right. Uh, and then the other ones. Are, but now think about this. This is where it gets weird. So we replaced the traditional way of skinning the game and, and getting the price before you start. So, you know, where you stand to make your deal to having marketplaces line up to say, we'll come look at it and then we'll take pictures of it. And then we'll tell you someday if it's sold or not. And then we're going to tell you how many people looked at it. And it was really good. We had 1200 people look, three people bid and you got X amount of money. But now when you pull that back, just one layer, just one layer. And the guy had the, Oh geez, you had a lot of people look at our car and it brought 13,000. Wow. That was really good. Uh Oh, but then when we just go one layer deeper and say, yeah, but, the person that bought it took it to an arbitrage marketplace and got 17000 
did the marketplace reveal the best end user or did it actually play to the theory that somehow or other that you randomly, you know, do whatever version of your condition report is, which is almost impossible to look at uh, time over time over time. It'll break your eyeballs, actually. And then when you put yourself in a position, whoever built it didn't have to look at 300 of them a day to buy two cars. If you think about the, um, I would call it the... um, the bitter fatigue that that ensures it's not like it's possible, but it absolutely guarantees bitter fatigue. And if you think about the word bitter fatigue, it's a funny term, but it's not funny at all if you're participating in it because it burns out the brain cells that you could be using for everything else in the course of a day to survive. Okay. Now, when you think about that, and then we think about what will be, let's call it the uh, Amazon Prime. I did it this morning. My daughter's turning 50, so I sent her flowers, and I sent the note and the thing, and then sent something else, And you know, because you don't even think about it, because it's, you're going right to the source, and the source is delivering it in two hours, and it's over. It's finished, you see? Uh, we didn't go through a middle thing to go to a middle thing to go something else and then wind up with the... Uh, you know, like maybe it's right or not because we didn't know what the condition was when it really got there because it's a different version of a condition report. It has nothing to do with when you traded the car and how the car was revealed as having a EGR valve and a, and then be able to, no, 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 no. Each version is a, what I call Hazarai. It's, it's an insanity thing where it's confusing because each version is different. And it's not the one that you used when you traded the car. Because the one you traded the car wasn't guaranteed. Nobody actually ever, well, maybe sometime soon, like now, somebody will guarantee you hold your hand through the process of trading the car. So when you do decide whether you're keeping it or not, because you already know what it needs in the shop before the shop manager tells you. So now you can make a decision to push it to a best end user. The question becomes, where are you going to push it to? Are you going to push it to a thing that they're going to come and do do a, a, a whole different thing and then tell you all the things that are wrong with it. And then the X guy looks at it and it takes him how much time to do it. And, or, or, or actually identify the best end user instantaneously w- with a value that is at a best end user value, not at a price. That's, it's, it's amazing. You look at marketplaces. I did it the other day with a, um, um, a CEO of a large company that's actually in marketplaces. And, you know, when we look at it, there's 1,500 views and zero bids. There's 1,282 views and the zero bids. There's 782 views and zero bids. Or there's 37 views and zero bids. And when you do look at what it's bid, it's at a price where nobody could obviously sell it. So then you relist it, but yet armed the marketplace to go back and say, hey, look, we only had this many bids, but we had so many views. So what you really are saying, we've we've jerked everybody around to actually not have any idea what they can really buy it for, but then just to play to the point where sooner or later they've convinced you. It's just like no sale in a car in an auction. No sale at 15 times. Sooner or later, you're going to make a decision to sell it if you're somebody's not realistic with what you're going to um, sell it for when you start because you're trying to sell it for what you own it for. But what you own it for has nothing to do with what the market will bear. Frequently, it's the market will bear more, but frequently the market will bear way less. And until you're thoroughly convinced that you've beat the market to death to find out what that value turns out to be, and almost without fail, the second, the third, the fifth, and the seventh time that you ch- attempt to do that, it's less. 
it's less than you could have the first time if you had the brains and the intestinal fortitude to agree to whatever the market reve- reveals, right? You you wind up with a, uh, I would call it a, um, it's not churn, it's, it's, it's what you would call, let's say, bitter fatigue, market fatigue. How about that? Where you fatigue the market to the point where willing buyers and sellers are unable to make a transaction in an emergency the first time, the first time in an emergency where we all know you have to have the, 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 the intestinal fortitude, but you have to have the intestinal fortitude, but the encouragement of the buyer knowing you're going to sell with all the parameters of what that buy and sell would look like condition, in other words, mechanical, electrical, accident history, dent, scratch, color, options, miles, pictures, right? So everything's necessary, everything that's necessary to make an instant decision. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. And then know that all people that in your in your category of what you're buying also had option to buy that immediately. So, so, so immediately. So so what you wind up with is all of the elements of the of what is necessary to create what I'm saying to your point, Shawnee, what the future of marketplaces are. It's the ultimate marketplace, and it would be relevant to, I would say, the commoditization of the VIN. So setting it at the base price of where there definitely is a buyer today and hunting the best end user instantaneously. I've been asked, you know, can you do this regionally? You can definitely do it regionally. But then again, that's like saying, can you regionally um, commoditize silver or zinc? You can. You know, I use the 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 um, the current. Um, you know, Copart has and has had for a long time a really great model with their um, uh, VB2 uh, uh, thing where they got. But here's what they do: they show that there's 6,200 buyers online, and when they actually peel back who they are, they're Honduras and Guatemala and Nigeria and, and Texas and Louisiana. Now, what happens is when you go to a, a market that's packed. Full of shoppers, packed, completely packed, full of sharp, shop, pack, 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 full of shoppers. Your 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 juggler vein starts pumping a little bit because there's action. Action breeds action, right? So when they show you there's sixty three hundred people on, it's a junk. It's a twelve hundred dollars something. Who knows what somebody's buying it for a front end or whatever? But they've they've actually set the stage for testosterone and egos to actually get involved. You see what I'm saying to you? And as a result. You have what can be, and then it's an emergency on top of that, right? In the next X amount, which I personally don't agree with, but in the next thing, bingo, it's it's getting sold. So now nobody wasted their time, including the people who didn't buy it because they actually saw um, there was a better end user revealed. Are you following along, Shoney? And my feeling is if the best end user is revealed prior to acquisition, we're setting the which, by the way, that same process follows through the life, the in-play livelihood of that vehicle, collecting data, you know, um, pictures, uh, dent and scratch was removed, um, you know, all the, the market data that surrounds it, how it, how it looks and acts around all the other cars in its uh, category, right? Just to give more, I would call it, the, I refer to satellite dishes beaming in more information to enable someone to actually get over the approach avoidance of pulling the trigger, right? Because you give them enough information where you made them nice, warm, and fuzzy. And then when they get it, 
it turns out to be verifiable because you plug it back in. When you plug it in, it shows everything that was shown when you bought it, it eliminating one of the reasons why traditional marketplaces tend to be, um, um, at this moment, they tend to be relevant. They do checks, titles, and arbitration. If the plug-in eliminates 90% or more of the arbitration possibility, because we already know arbitration is based on mechanical and electronic faults in today's world with the crazy cars that we have, right? The pictures and the dent and the scratch, I mean, when you think about it for a second, um, especially if you're not paying a $700 fee, um, think about this for a second. If there's a scuff on a bumper, who gives it a rat's rear end where it came from? Does that really disable somebody from buying a car or somebody whining about a scuff on a bumper? It either buffs off or you piss the bumper in, right? Okay. So we know that that's not the case. And if you have pictures, which, by the way, most all dealers have based on, you know, uh, however they list their cars, if those pictures are, are um, embedded in the process, which they are, uh, um, how much more information do you need before you actually enable a willing buyer, a best-end user, to pick that hamburger off at market value. You see what I'm saying to you, Sean? So yeah. my feeling is we're at the, um, I would call it at a, uh, a turning point of understanding dial-up phones and codec film may not remain relevant much longer. And the variations, you know, then not just the, the, the dial-up phone, then the, you know, the handheld, you can walk within 10 feet of the, of the, the receiver and still have reception, right? Because that's basically what we're doing. Uh, we're going from where we've been all of our lives, a dial-up party line phone, and it worked perfectly, right, after the telegraph. And now we're at a point where if anybody could give me a rational understanding other than legacy um, desperation, keep trying to desperately keep legacy process in place. Um, if there's any dealers that pay attention and then ask yourself, well, no, I'd never buy a car from another dealer if I knew everything about it and I had a base price that I knew was guaranteed and I know what my downside is. Uh, I'd never do such a thing and be able to send the uh, uh, transportation, pick it up this minute. No, not me. I'd never want to do that. If there could be a person with a dealer's license that says, yeah, no, no, I, I have to be able to do it the old way because I like kicking things and smelling things. And even though this thing tells me it stinks or it's, it doesn't need kicked, uh, I, I want to keep doing it the other way. And I, I love spending. So we did a survey a, a while ago. I love spending 93% of my time on average as an acquisition matter only putzing around looking and picking and counting CR numbers and I can't buy this car because it was whatever CR even though it did nothing but tires and two scuffs I could do it in 13 seconds I don't want to buy that car because somebody told me not to buy it because of that um nah uh-uh. I believe you know we we started and we're going in circles all over the place as I normally do but it's very important to understand marketplaces are not built by traders the marketplace that's built by a trader with the understanding of how to peel away all of the unnecessary, un totally worthless legacy insanity of uh, what's what's you know we currently use as well. That's the way we do it, right? Um, I got a funny feeling that um, um, dealers will 
there could be two, three percent to say, nope, I, 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 I got to do it the old way. I'm just never going to never going to use that doggone email. I'm not doing it. There's, it's possible. Right. But I don't believe it's true because if it's simple, it's verifiable. It's it's you can duplicate it and, and then you can verify it. You follow me? Um, I have a funny feeling that um, um, that will turn out to be to some to dismay. Now, bear in mind, um, there if everybody feels more comfortable choosing an entity, can be an auction to actually do a title and check, and then just verification of arbitration because there isn't any arbitration because we already know everything about the car before we listed it. <laughs> Different than where we started, right? Mileage changing, lights getting turned off and on, all the rest of it, right? So that's legacy. That's no longer possible. You follow me? Uh, and um, um, once we get to the point where everyone is on a what we call a universal platform, a universal condition, a universal device to appraise all cars. Universal means universal. It don't mean partially universal because partially universal means imagining different size PVC pipes that all operate inside a vacuum, like like railroad track that's different gauge, right? You can't run on B&O. You can only run on Pacific Railroad track, which limits what you're doing. More importantly, it disables the folks that are trying to put their cargo on the track to get from point A to point B. That's a dealer. You follow me? The cargo they have is appraising a car, knowing what it's worth before they start, and then making a decision. I'm going to keep it, and I know how much I'm going to spend because I didn't have to put it in the shop to figure that out. I have eyes. I see a dent. Now I know it's got a cam phaser noise. I know that, but I, you were told that before you owned it, you dig. Okay. And now when no longer is there animosity between sales and service, because now you're telling a service matter. She ain't telling you the bad news. You're letting him know that you're no longer a nitwit and you're at his mercy. You're no longer doing that. But at the same time, you traded it for a price that you actually can do the work. And then when you're done doing the work and putting it out front, you found out you were not the best end user. Let's put that Subaru in front of the right Subaru deal. Let's put that LTC Tahoe from San Francisco into the right Hendrick dealership in 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 in, in Atlanta. You follow me? So it, when you think about it, it's basically, I always call it, this is actually called Project Leapfrog. Because it leapfrogs. All things that are tattooed in your brain today to enable the prime truck showing up at your front door <laughs> on every VIN. I love it. And I'm talking about on every VIN. I'm sorry, like I'm running the, my uh, mouth, Johnny, and I went over your time. I apologize. For no, that. that's great. I think the um, I think you're you're just um, where it's really coming to the auction house changes into becoming a clearinghouse title checker. Well, well it, no, that. here's what it does, Johnny. I'm sorry to do this to you. Here's what it yep. does. It it makes the auction what the auctions actually are good for. You follow me? Check title, check title, and no longer arbitration. But whatever little arbitration, because you got some screwball complaining about the gas tanks only a quarter tank full. It's not three quarters of tank full. I don't want this car. Okay. Now, in his case, the fees go up because you're too much maintenance. Because in the, in the other case, the fees might go to zero. You follow that? Because you're using a platform that enables end-to-end clarity. You follow me, Sean? And in the middle, when somebody wants a title and a check, yes, absolutely. If the auctions, you know, uh, 
in a position with the capacity could be regional, but not regional because these marketplaces are not regional, brother. When we're selling cars today, uh, um, they're going everywhere from everywhere. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, absolutely. Um, um, you know, if a, if a, if a seller feels more comfortable doing a title and a check with a specific uh, auction, they they can still do titles and checks. Absolutely, no question about it. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I I think it's so. All you did the marketplace find the best end user, and and I think that's closer than ever, especially obviously with the internet. I mean, everyone's uh, it's just one big pool now, isn't it? And, uh, Shoney, it's, it's amazing when, you know, because we own a book, right? And books say there's regions and it's the biggest nonsensical bullcrap thing that ever existed. There is no region. You want to know why? Because when we, you know, put a car into a broader marketplace where all buyers from everywhere, from Nigeria, from uh, Ghana, from uh, 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 um, um, Israel, from China, all have access to see the car. Which region are you talking about at that point? Tell me what region you're talking about. Now, when we're selling cars in British Columbia to a dealer in Nova Scotia, which region are you speaking to? No. If a buyer, a better end user, has access to it, it really is a commodities market that is kind of blind, actually, to a, a region. A two-wheel drive RX350 in Minnesota. Yeah, you could say that the trading dealer is not interested in it. Um, 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 that's very possible. Um, um, you know, we sell to a lot of dealers in, in Minnesota, really strong market. They ain't buying a two-wheel drive RXs. It doesn't make any difference because when they trade it, the commodity's best end user is really someplace south of Kansas City. You follow me? And they absolutely can step in and buy that sucker instantly. In other words, revealing the, uh, the best end user. Yeah. It's, I love the other... Uh, point you made earlier in the call talking about wholesalers were the original underwriters it's uh mm-hmm. that's a great way to frame it i never thought about it that way so that's, that's fantastic well then just think think now the the marketplaces are coming in and say hey there's no such thing as wholesalers but we're going to be your wholesaler and we're going to come in and do whatever the wholesaler does much more efficiently you follow me and we're going to do it for you now there's five of them showing up to every dealer that is going to sit there and do their own version of whatever they do Hazarai is what I use as the term, right? Just more mixing up of nonsense. Nobody can figure out. Uh, but the truth is, it, it, it turns out to be the, the replacement of theoretically, like not really, but theoretically, all you're doing is, hey, you got any cars to wholesale? What do you got? The difference is, we'll write a check on the spot. Matter of fact, if you need more to make a deal, I'll do that too. Now, Marketplace can't do that. They'll tell you they'll try, and when they try and find out they can't even get you what you traded for the car, um, all of a sudden, um, we've been revealed. You see that? So all the noise you make about whatever version you got, all you're doing is making noise. You ain't holding nobody's hand when they're putting a number on a car. You ain't got no idea. That Maserati pulls into the Chevy store. That guy has, he, he's walking around with two fingers on that key because he ain't got no clue what to do with it. Now he ain't even got no wholesalers to call because, you know, we don't wholesale cars no more. And even if you do, you're only getting a number and jerking that guy off because you're going to put it in somebody else's thing and find out you couldn't get as much. You follow me? No, 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 no. That's all versions of flipping around the the shells, the shell game flip, you see. I'm saying the ultimate winner will be really simple, beginning to end, end to end, total transparency, knowing exactly where you're at, and doing everything possible, retail and wholesale, to get you more money for a car. 
I think that's don't, a dream. Don't say anything else, Johnny, because if you that's open it. your mouth up, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start talking more, and then we're in deep trouble, pal. All right, so keep going. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, everyone. Have fun, everybody.